Okay, so the question of the week is... If I, I, yeah, I just want to type it in, sorry. You want to type it in? We have the weekly question on the spreadsheet, and I didn't type it earlier, so I'm typing oh, it in. Oh, okay. The question of the week is, if a GIF of you were to become an instantly recognizable meme, what would you be doing? Because let's see... I feel like if I even just type in the word Sulu, it's going to be the first thing is going to be a, an, an image you? from this. Oh, out of the first four, it's not. The fifth one is him naked jumping in to the room with the sword. Not naked, but, you know. Yeah, shirtless, yeah. Yeah, which was real popular. These men wanted to show their, their I mean, manly look, chests. Looking at them, they're pretty decently stacked for the most part. So, like, I'm not surprised. They looked halfway decent for the time, you know? Oh, Sulu was in his... Oh, he was in his prime. He, he was excellent. ripped. Yeah. I don't even know. Oh my god, I'm so boring. It's actually kind of a hard question. Like, what type of like I like I have to say like you know looking out my bathroom window smoking a pipe. I don't know. It's either that or a picture of you from behind and don't look at my butt. <laughs> like those are my those are my two for you you know what i mean either wow. somehow getting stoned or you like looking over your shoulder at the camera and saying like don't look at my butt i haven't said that in a while <laughs> yeah well you was, i used, I used to every thing. day yeah it yeah. was yeah ah oh, i don't know i guess me giving the middle finger is the best i've got like i, I swear yeah, a lot and hope you to go to hell a lot but i'm boring I don't, I'm not interesting. You're at least interesting. I'm boring. I'm not interesting. I have the wrong I, glasses for this. I don't want people, I don't want anyone getting the idea that I'm an interesting person. I find you interesting, so too bad. Already happened. Too late. Oh well. <laughs> I guess that's where we're at then. Yeah, no, I'm, again, I'm, I'm still trying to think, and, like, I've got nothing. I mean, I think GIF of you giving the middle finger, then I'll have to figure out how to make GIFs, and we'll have to make GIFs of everyone that answers this question, doing their thing. There is a GIF of me that gets posted from time to time, of me, like, in a dorm room kitchen, like, pumping both my fists in the air. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. Actually, you know yeah. what does come to mind is a high five with instead of I don't high five. I um oh I like that. It's like your head banging. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one. That's I so love that's, that. I fucking love that shit. That's the that's the gif of me that is on the internet. As I far as that. I know, that's excellent. No, I, I think I'm gonna amend high five, but I don't high five with my hand with chaos. I usually use my head. Oh great! So I use like my forehead to his hand. Okay. Yeah, that's cute. I like that. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember when it started. It started years ago, and now where I've got shitty wrists, like I'm, I'm not carpal tunnel, but I'm. It's not great. Um, I just do that now, so I don't have to hit with my hand and don't hurt my wrists. Oh, and I've been doing that for like, oh, fuck, like ten years at least now. Smart. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's my gift. I like me it. giving chaos a high five, but I don't use my hand. I use my forehead on his hand. I'm gonna figure out how to make gifts out of videos if people want to send in videos of the maybe i'll do that maybe i won't <laughs> i think no offense <clears throat> excuse me i think you have enough projects for now maybe maybe <laughs> i think so too maybe maybe try and keep your projects where they're at until you get a bit more 
automated on them, so it's not as much of your time, you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. It looks like you're starting the curse this week, too, eh? No. We watched the curse already. I haven't updated that in a oh, long okay. time. I'm terrible. I always, every, every, once a year in the spring, I post a schedule and I'm like, here it is. Uh, maybe I'll keep this updated this time. And I just don't. I, 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 I was. It would be smart because, yeah, because now I've moved where Star Trek is and other stuff. Yeah. yeah. How was it, though? How was the curse? I've been looking at it and meaning to watch it. It is intensely uncomfortable. Okay. To clarify, certain uncomfortables I can't do. Uh, Is it more like body horror uncomfortable, or is it like supernatural uncomfortable, or like you know dark themes, like you know suicide type uncomfortable? No, it's none of those things. Mass generic, without getting into details, what kind of uncomfortable it is? It is about two people. That are trying to, well, three people that are trying to make a reality show about their philanthropy and how they're giving back to this community. And they're just garbage people. They're just Mm. full of shit. They're lying to each other. They're, 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 they're people whose whole personas have become a narrative. And the way the show presents these things and the tension between the characters that results from the fact, like you just watch them lying to each other and getting, digging themselves worse and worse in everything that they do. And, you know, the, the, the idea, the, the image they're presenting is philanthropists is bullshit. You know, they're land developers, they're uh, building houses and increasing the rent and stuff like that. And uh, it's saying a lot about gentrification. It's saying a lot about a lot of things, but really it is talking a lot about just bullshit people. And it's just awful. All right. I'm going to give it a go then. I've gone through a lot of phases saying that different things in the show or different characters are in fact the curse. And I think that the, that show is, is the curse. Fair enough. Upon us or me, who will have to think about it for the rest of his life now. Fair enough. No, like I said, I want. I just wanted to make sure it wasn't going to be something that I couldn't sit through. It's really, like... yeah, it's really not horror. It's really not any of those kind of things. But it is like, okay. it's almost like, yeah, the, the thing I've kind of been talking about, about scripted people and people that just have a narrative that they will not, that they will talk themselves into more corners to preserve yeah. this narrative that they desperately want to put out there, like that it's they become not only impossible to talk to but dangerous. Like, yeah. No, it sounds like it's just really heavy social commentary. Yes. And that's honestly, I can sit through that uh, a lot better than some of the other stuff that's out there. Like the Volo I scene, I can't do. I I hate that scene in Baldur's Gate three. So like, is a and if, if it's not that kind of uncomfortable, I can usually put up with it. But. Which scene? In, oh, the the guy, the bard that gets the needle out? He, well, he gets the needle in your eye, and he pokes around your eye to try and get the tadpole out, but can't get the tadpole out, and you, you lose an eye in the process. Yeah, why, would any, I, why would you let him do that? Oh, because the eye that he gives you gives you oh, permanent right. okay. invisibility. That's right. Okay, yeah. I so what, you, what I do is I take my headphones off, and I spam one until it's over. Because one is let him keep going. You know what I mean. So you just sit there and you hit one. You close your you, you keep your eyes down so you can't actually see what's happening, but you can see when the scene is done. And you take your headphones off so you don't have to hear it at all. 
and you just get through it. I've actually, to date, not been able to sit through the whole thing. I've I've managed a, a couple parts of it, but like by the time we get to the like, there's like he sticks the needle in the eye, and then he can't find it, so he has to switch out his tool. And before he can switch out his tool, I can't watch anymore. It's a it's a raunchy scene. It is, and I just I I cannot it's deal with gnarly. it. <laughs> and like I'm sure there's people out there who are fine with it, but no, no, it just makes me queasy. It's just it's it it's unnecessary. So, it's unnecessary. Beyond the body horror of it, which yeah, things about pulling teeth and poking out eyes and stuff that gets to me pretty you know pretty good. But we meet this man surrounded by poop and goblins. No, we've he's been bad with at... him he's, oh. he, we, we first run into him in the Druid's Grove, and he's hanging out with the bear, and he asks you about the attack on the Druid Grove with the goblins. Okay. And then he goes to the goblin camp. Well, from what I've seen of him and, and the conversations I've had, I would not ask him to remove a splinter from my leg. Oh, yeah, no, I agree on that 100%. Yeah. <laughs> and if I did, when he pulled out a two-foot-long rusty sewing needle, I would say, okay... Uh, let's stop here. And I know yeah. you get in a special eye that sees invisible objects, but I don't know that he's got that in his pocket. Exactly. He no, has no idea. He's never seen the inside of a brain. A hundred percent not, no. He does not have experience fishing uh, tadpoles out of brain. This is, yeah. this is madness, what's happening. Oh, and uh, Sean actually so, pointed out when we were watching, we were watching um, Honor Among Thieves with my nephew uh, on Friday, or sorry, on Saturday, because he came over and got stoned with us pretty bad on Friday. Awesome. Oh, oh man, no, it was it was way more pot than I should have had. <laughs> I was fucked. But cool. We're watching Honor Among Thieves, and you know the painting that they use to put the spell, like the the portal on, to be able to get into the vault. Yes. That's Volo. That's that guy. It's really? a painting of him. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, he came up and like, wait, is that Volo? And Sean's like, yeah. I'm like, well, 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 shit. GG game. Is um, um, who's that mage? Gail. Is he from some other games or material, or is he somehow? I don't know myself. Um, he's supposed to be in Waterdeep, but I don't know where he's from otherwise. Yeah, I don't know why I got that feeling from him that he was in some kind of other material. But... I think it's because he's an archdruid, so it feels not archdruid, archmage, so it feels like he should be somewhere else. Yeah, like he feels like he should be a very common name, and he isn't. And I don't know, I don't know. That's the best I've got. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm gonna order some WD forty. I did. I already did. I already ordered some WD forty. Maybe it will come tomorrow for my chair because it creaks. I don't know if you can hear it, but I definitely can on the recordings. Oh, I made a noise and my cat woke up. My cat and she complained at me. Um, it's me from the future. Me right now, Sunday as I'm editing this, and I just want to say I've used that WD forty. My chair is pretty silent. I'm rocking back and forth in it right now. I mean, I know I'm talking at the same time, but listen to this. Oh, there's music playing. Anyway, it's got, there's still a few little creaks and complaints that it produces, but uh, 
The main hinge creaking has been quite silented. I'm really getting my shit together. I've done a lot of cleaning up around the house and throwing out junk and silencing my creaky chair and my little to-do list is I feel I feel great about where it is next week. I'll probably be crashing out again. Anyway, great to have you here. I'll do the real intro after me and Chris finish talking about whatever bullshit we're talking about. Off and on I hear, but not badly enough to really comment. So I was going to say something about how Charlie and Gary Mitchell both get trapped behind force fields, but I kind of already touched on it in the Charlie X episode that I just published. And uh, I'm saying that kind of because I told you I was going to talk about this. But, yeah. I, mean, I, think, I think we've got it. We've, we've, what we've was the other corrections the, we needed? Um, as far as I know, that's the only clarification I kind of had. And I feel like we've, we've talked about it. Basically, those two episodes are incredibly simula- similar. They are, and it feels weird that they put them both out back-to-back like that. Um, But as far as corrections or clarifications, I don't think I had anything else other than what we were talking about, how I don't watch, how I skip season one and two of all three of the 90s shows, which, I mean, obviously I'm going to end up watching them for this, but I'll probably watch them beforehand. I watch all three of those like probably once a year. Yeah, see, I don't. I literally, yeah. I ha- I don't remember the last time I watched through Star Trek other than, like, the once back in college for Voyager. And I know, again, a couple times since then I've tried to do um, TNG. Yeah. But I keep not being able to, and, like, that's it. Like, I barely... It's, it's, it's hard. TNG is hard to start. The whole series, honestly, if, if I hadn't said I'm sitting down and watching it and we're doing this podcast that's helping me, I'd have mm-hmm. had trouble even with the original series. Like getting back into it, like this can be hard. This is hard, even. Yeah, um, it's not. It's not that the episodes are bad. It's just. It's the sixties, and it's that it's, stage play aspect that we kind of talked about. Yeah, and it's it's the fact that it's it feels slow. It just feels like a slow show, and I forgot how slow it felt like. It I wants really to did. give you room to breathe and think about it. It was like, yeah. They want you to chew on it. It's yeah. supposed to be a chewy show, and it, in a lot of ways it is, but I think it would have been a chewier show if it was the 60s, rather than like now looking back on this thing from 60 years ago, where it's like, yeah, no, that stuff sucked, but like a lot of it we've worked on already, you know? Yeah. In watching TNG through on my own, apart from this podcast recently, like I've run into the Ferengi. Oh, yeah. And I've... I I know Star Trek lore, and I want to make that very clear. Like, this isn't me being like, oh, I have no idea what Star Trek is like. I'm aware. But, like, their insistence <laughs> on women not wearing clothing Yo, and the, being the, so blown away that there's dude, women in clothing out and about doing things. The Ferengi are bad. And I've, again, it's, it's, it's that ongoing thing that I keep mentioning to you, where it's like, no, I know this is a thing. It's so much worse than I remember it being. Yeah. And, I like, yeah, so, like, there was one episode where there's like three guys who were sent down to the planet. It's the portal episode with the uh, the two, the Ferengi ship and the Enterprise are both having all their power sapped from them. And so the Enterprise sends down like Data, Worf, Jordy, Riker, and Yar, and they send down three Ferengis from this Ferengi ship. And the three Ferengis are disgusted and they're like, they yep. are, they are absolutely horrified offended and just yeah. yeah like why would you put this in front of me why is there a woman in clothing and how dare she have a weapon and, like they attack <laughs> her for having the audacity to have a job and being active and i'm like the misogyny and again i know it's part of the show but like i forget you know what i mean 
It's like when I, it's kind of like when I talk about Stephen King and reading Stephen King characters and knowing that they're characters that are being really misogynistic and racist, but like someone did have to write this. And it makes you wonder how much of this was actually believed by the writer and how much of this was just them trying to be all like, oh, look, other people believe this, but it, it's not me. I'm just shining a light on their awfulness, you know? That's kind of, that's, that's, and that's often and it it has to be left to the viewer's interpretation but you know it's not like yeah someone is putting this in front of you for a reason and sometimes the reason is just for you to think about it and that's something that's great about star trek actually no i love it i just but oh. it's that, that's rough and that's even in the early 90s that's kind of that's pretty i mean the 90s were a monstrous time <laughs> and it's just and like i said it just it comes out of nowhere to me cuz like again i've forgotten how bad it was you know what i mean I've and mentioned like, oh please. No, just it's just the the ugh again. Yeah. That 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 sigh of just no, please no. I've talked before about a sort of phenomena in nineties television and storytelling where like and I I wish I knew I'm interjecting here. I wish I knew where I had heard this and I th- I heard something recently after this recording. But Someone described sort of casual 90s racism to me, especially in storytelling, writing, and television, um, as shorthand through stereotyping. And I think that's what I'm about to describe right here. Using really over-the-top stereotypes was just a type of storytelling. It was a way to be like, these are the bad guys. Look Look at these stereotypes that they're espousing. And like it was... But it was really... But I mean, also, you would just slap a stereotype on, you know, a, a gay character or even, a, you know, a black character or something. And that would be how they were, how you identified them in the script. And there was just this, man, this oversimplification of everything. Yeah. Yeah. No, there, there is, I feel like storytelling, and that might be why I've been having so much trouble getting back into like TNG and stuff over the years. Storytelling as a whole, I feel like has gotten a lot more nuanced. Yes. In the last like 20 years, especially. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that could just be me with the specific types of media I've chosen to consume versus what I was choosing to consume before that. But yeah, I just feel like storytelling is less overall. The stuff I'm consuming is less blatant and less overt than it used to be. Sure. Um, I don't know. And the reason that I mentioned uh, that I usually skip the first two seasons of TNG in particular is that an episode I haven't seen too much is uh, the episode with Tasha Yar and Data, The Naked Now. Yeah, that one. Wow. And that's obviously a very iconic union (laughs) of characters. A lot of people. Oh, yeah. A lot of people talk about Tasha Yar and the fact that Data was fully functional. That's very... It's almost as famous as Sulu jumping out of the doorway with no shirt on and waving a sword. Yeah. Like the yeah, famous gif, like the fifth gif that comes up if you type in Sulu on, <laughs> on, on Discord on this day on my computer. I don't know if the algorithm <laughs> serves me less naked men or not. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know either, but I do like how... Like specific that I had to get to. <laughs> <laughs> We've been having a fun day today. It's been a great day today, honestly. Good. I'm glad. Yeah. You know what? You know what? I agree. Um. So we're not going to look at the naked now, today. No, we're it's the look naked at truth. The, 
The Naked Truth? No, The Naked Time, sorry. I keep calling it the <laughs> I have been calling it the Naked Truth for the last like week. I keep Is that the title of something? Time. I think is there it a is. movie called that? That feels like it would be the name of something, doesn't it? There's a movie with Leslie Nielsen called The Naked Gun. Yes, and that he's was... amazing. <laughs> yeah? Uh, oh, I love him. And there's apparently an old TV show okay. from the ni- from the 90s called The Naked Truth. And I saw something briefly about a, t- a movie from like the 50s, but I can't find that now. But like when I was Googling it, it came up with like 1957. And then now there's no, ni- like I'm just seeing about the TV show when I take away the date. So I don't know what's going on. Now that I've been watching TOS, I'm going to watch some even older TV shows. Saint's going to make me watch The Prisoner, where the guy gets chased by a weather balloon. I've never heard of that one. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's a British kind of a spy show. I think it was very short. I think it got canceled after like eight episodes or something. Uh, Honestly, if you're looking for other shows, talk to Chaos. Uh, his his oh, family yeah. are all really into like the old 60s and 50s stuff, like Gilligan's Island and that. Yeah, so. I... I'm sure Farscape was not during that time, no. but I do have to look at that also. One of the, you know what? Maybe now that you've said it, I'm gonna maybe we do that on Thursdays. I'm into it. I'm into Jim Henson in space on Thursday. You remember those pigs that went to space? Yeah, I like them a lot. Link, ho- Link hog, um, hog throb. I think Link it was. hog throb was the name of. Tell me that's the name of the captain. Yeah. Hog throb. Something like that, yeah. That sounds filthy. It, well, it's supposed to be a joke on Kirk. <laughs> Kirk. I'm going to call Kirk Lincoln or a hog throb from now. <laughs> Jesus. Um, do you have. Yeah. Link, <laughs> Captain Link Hog Throb, first mate Piggy, and Dr. Julius Strange Pork. Yeah. Lead, lead oh my crew God. Aboard the spine track. Uh, forget it. My new alias is Julius Strange Pork. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. That's wow. Pigs in space. We'll cover it on a bonus episode. You know what? I'm. I would be down if I, especially if I can get like all the little clips of them, because like it's always yeah, all right in a row. Yeah, it's in the. It's yeah, it's segment. always like a five minute little yeah. stint of the show, right? Like a it's one a to sketch. five minute stint. Yeah. So. If we can, if we can find where they are, I'm down for a bonus episode of that where we just kind of like do one after another after another, up to and including the one with Luke Skywalker. Oh, they they met Mark Hamill Mark did a Hamill. cameo. Yeah, yeah, he 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 did a, a guest appearance. Yeah, they would have a, a instant for anyone listening. We're talking about the Muppet Show, the the one from the late seventies, uh, early eighties. Yeah. I want to say seventy-eight through eighty. Three, I think, and they would have a, a host like Saturday Night Live would have a host. They'd have a well, it's, a a, it's not a host; it's a guest. It's a, a guest star. star. Yeah, yeah. Um, because yeah, um, the host Hamill. was always Kermit. Sorry, seventy six okay. to eighty one. My mistake. Yeah, I've just double checked it, but yeah. So they had an episode with Mark Hamill on it, and he was dressed as Luke Skywalker off and on throughout it. Like they did yep. a they did a basically a Star Wars episode, which isn't yeah. in theme with this show, but. That's like, we're allowed to talk about Star Wars. Just to, I want just to make sure. I know. I'm just saying it's not like it's not a Star Trek related. I, but they did do pigs in space because you can't have Luke Skywalker on your show and not do a not space. Not do pigs in space. Yeah. Exactly. And the part of it that I have always like ever since we we rewatched this episode a couple of years ago and I've been super amused about it ever since is um, 
at the end of the episode, they always have, like, the whole cast come out, including the guest star, and they all, you know, cheer and scream and, woo, you know, we did a great show as the, the credits come up. Yeah. And on this one in particular, this is before any of these properties were owned by Disney. There was some offhand, I don't remember what the remark was now, but there's an offhanded remark about one day Disney owning Star Wars and Muppets. Oh, wow. Or, like, some something relating to that with, like, it was very Disney-centric, whatever they did. Or, like, they had, like, Mickey Mouse ears up in the sky or something. I don't remember what it was, but it very much was, like, these all being under the the, the, the mouse. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was it was really well done, and I Oddly loved it. Oddly prescient. Yeah, I think, I think <laughs> the Muppets were bought out, like, ten years or, two, or so later anyway, so. Okay. It wasn't as prescient as it sounds, but, yeah, no, it kind was good. Kind of funny. It was very funny. Do you have the information about the Naked Time? Yes. In front of the you? show that we're actually watching is yes. the Naked Time. All right. <laughs> uh, so I've got it. Three. The, today's four. episode is is number four. Yeah. Four. Okay. Uh, our, it's episode five of our podcast. It's episode four of the show. Thank you. Um, start date seventeen oh two to seventeen oh five. So probably over the course of like a couple of days, this takes place. Uh, but first air date was September 29th of 1966. It was directed by Mark Daniels, who directed uh, The Man Trap. Okay. So he's back. Cool. Cool. Scary yep. episode. Neat. Yep. Uh, John D.F. Black is our writer, uh, who is new to the FRS. We haven't had him write anything yet. Um, but again, we're fairly early in. So. Yep. And then IMDb gives it a 7.8 out of 10. This is Ooh. another... Cool. Again, so far they've all been Almost seven up. Eight. Yeah, yeah. Now the weakest the weakest show we've seen so far per IMDb has been Charlie X. Um. So yeah. And then you had your question of the week. Would you like me to ask it, or do you want to ask it? Oh, the question. Uh, why don't you go ahead? If a gif of you were to become an instantly recognizable meme, what would you be doing? Okay. Uh, do you want to watch? The, is it naked time? <laughs> is it is it naked time or is it the naked truth or, it's or naked is it something else altogether? <laughs> what I meant to ask was: Is it currently, right now? Is time it now naked finally time? naked time? Yeah. No. It, I'm. I'm. We're only like three hours late to starting the show. We're good. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> it's naked time. Hi, welcome back to The Least Ready Room, a podcast where Dave and Chris, I'm Dave, consume every possible drop of Star Trek-related media. Uh, today, if you have not gathered, we are looking at the TOS episode, The Naked Time. Uh, yeah, let's get right to it. I don't have much else to say. We'll get to the answers of the question of the week. After we do the breakdown, here we go. All right, I'm hitting record. Okay. It's been a long and silly day. It has. It's been a good day, though. What, um, how much of that episode was similar to The Naked Now? More than you'd think, actually. Yeah. So it's the same kind of a thing with like the the touch base, you know, disease that that affects people to a primal level. The yep. naked now was sex based, like every, everyone was just having, you know, sexy orgies and didn't care 
about like the environmental controls, but like just like this, the naked now started with a starship that had a bunch of people frozen. Oh, a starship. Yeah. And this it was looked, like, like a base on it. Well, no, please it, tell it me about the like, naked now. <laughs> yeah, it was still a bunch of people like who were frozen. Okay. So and it came off like they even said it in the show where um the people who were frozen and they just didn't care. Um, yeah. And it was, that came up in The Naked Now, too, where it's like, yeah. oh, these people, like, the environmental controls were out of whack, and they froze to death, or, you know, whatever. Like, this, they didn't care to, to fix any of the stuff. They were just, like, dealing with it by being in the space and dying there. And, you know, I don't remember exactly how they got the disease, because, frankly, I don't. But crew member gets sick, touches people, passes on disease. Disease spreads, through, like, wildfire throughout the ship. The main thing that I remember is like on Naked Now, it was a boning disease, whereas here it was like just less less obvious sex, more um, fundamental characteristics, right? Like you got the Riley is is clearly an Irish king versus Irish king who has a harem of women. You know what I mean? Like that that was the big difference that I noticed. It was a um, boning now, disease. It was, yeah. No, that's why Tasha Yarin and Data and his fun- fully functional. Yeah. So everyone who got touched with it became like not a shipwide orgy that they were all participating in it simultaneously, but like they were breaking off into couples and such and going to their respective rooms and doing the the deed there, right? Oh yeah, okay. Um, and that was that was a big difference. Whereas like again here, it's more like individual activities, right? Like Sulu takes his shirt off and swashbuckles, and um, Sulu is a swashbuckler at heart. Yep, and Riley starts singing Irish folk songs, folk songs and, and... <laughs> yeah, that's mostly and demanding ice cream. That's yes, the... well... and, and also shutting off the engines while they fall out of orbit for nineteen minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so we... so yeah, that that was it. That was really like it's a, a lot that was similar. Um, definitely enough different that. Like, it felt like its own story, but a lot of similarities. Okay. So, yeah, so in this episode, The Naked Time, they go down to a planet where there is a scene from GoldenEye. Now, this is the, I guess I should mention (laughs) this, that the video, the N64 GoldenEye, not the movie. Uh, yeah. Actually, I mean, I don't even, I don't really remember all the places they go to in that movie. A lot of them. Um, wow. Where am I? At the Bond Castle where everyone froze to death. They do mention early on. I'm pretty sure they say something about this planet being in danger of disintegrating or that it is going to disintegrate. Mm-hmm. So when you were speculating that this planet may have been destroyed in the end, I don't know. We may as well mention now that we were both baffled by the end of this episode. Yeah, it just, I, I was watching, and I, I said it during when we were watching it, too, like, a couple times when we've been watching stuff, I'm like, I feel like I have missed something, and then I'm able to piece it together by the end of the episode and make it make sense. Sure. That's not what happened here. I still don't understand the ending very well. It just doesn't feel like it was cohesive, and maybe I missed something earlier in the episode, and that's why, but I just, I don't, I don't understand what happened in, in there at all. Like, it's just something was weird. Yeah, uh, man. I mean, I guess you. I mean, <laughs> we're not we're not totally going in order quite yet. We can speculate right, so, upon the end, unless you would like to start with the 
I think I think for anyone who's listening to the podcast, they may actually prefer to, to talk about the episode what... in a more because st- I mean this is the first one that we are like, wow, what the fuck happened? Yeah, <laughs> I think I think for ease of audience to be participatory and understand what, what we're confused by, a brief rundown of the episode wouldn't hurt. Okay. Um, do you want? I got it. Um, so it starts off. We see the as you said the the Bond villain. Uh, hideout in, on the frozen on a frozen planet with frozen people and a man and a plastic woman. Oh man, that mannequin was so bad. So, one, yeah. of, one of the victims is a plastic woman. Oh, even even this is just it, the episode felt kind of all over the place. So bear with us. Um, but so yeah, they see the we start off with this base and they go in and it's it's Spock and a crewman of some sort. I don't remember his name. With my Joey. apologies, thank you. His name is Joey. Sorry, one moment. His name is Joey Tormolan. Okay, so Joey and and Spock show up at this place, and they're all like, "Hey, you know, let's go investigate what's going on." And they go in and they start their investigation, and they are in the least airtight hazmat suits I have ever seen. Um, Spock takes off in one direction, and Joey starts exploring the main room where they they the whole episode begins with them, and he foolishly takes off a glove and puts his hand on the side of a console table where they did a really it was cool looking but a trick where they have blood type ooze drip sideways onto his hand and it, it he leapt, then it leapt onto yeah. his hand like a symbiote yeah and then he rubs his nose with this bare hand that's now been infected he took under his, the he, took his, he took his glove off to fuck with his iphone yeah, he took his glove off and then he rubbed. He had his hand on the console, got the disease on his hand, and then rubbed his face under the hazmat suit. Great moves, Joey. Yep, totally pro. Clearly has been trained by Starfleet's biggest and brightest. Um, then puts the glove back on in time for Spock to come in, none the wiser to him being, you know, infected. They do their scans and determine that the, the people here just didn't care and just died. Uh, and then they go back to, to the ship. And they get their check over by McCoy. Um, and Christine Joey... Chapel. Actually, no, that wasn't Christine yet. She's not there yet? She's, no, because oh. this was a tilt table that the other guy had to hold upright, remember? Oh, right, yeah, yeah. They had to have an extra hold the, the swinging table up. Yeah. But, but Christine so... Chapel is here. And also, maybe maybe the uniforms we end up settling on might be here as well in this episode. Yeah, it does look like it's one of the later in the production series, and I don't okay. have a list of production numbers, so I can't tell you where it was in that order. I don't, um, yeah. But okay. it does look like it was later into the production, just the, the uniforms are starting to do the change that we had talked about in a previous episode, where they started off with a very distinct, um, the cage outfit, and then when it became actually syndicated for television, they changed their outfits, and then over the course of the show, for the first year and a half, they kind of moved into a final outfit that they ended up yeah. having across the ship. So, uh, actually, at one point, even when I was looking up a couple weeks ago, we were doing this, and I was looking up like the banding and and insignias for your rank in this episode in the oh, series. Okay. And they actually had it as the show progressed, and they were changing those clothing. The directionality of the banding actually changes. So uh, earlier in it, I think it was pointing to the right, and later in the show, it points to the left. And there's actually scenes where. Um, so they'd have like two different characters with diff- with a shirt where the banding pointed left and the banding pointed right. So, oh, okay, interesting. Yeah, I'm not paying that close attention to it, no. so I can't guarantee which way. <laughs> I obviously don't remember which one's at which point in the show at this point. Um, sure. Because 
I read about it and I just remember that this was a thing, right? So sure. But yeah, so they they t- check over Joey. Joey comes back fine. They check over Spock. Spock comes back fine. Joey goes up and starts doing his job at the helm. I think he's no, he's con, isn't he? He's at I the don't con. Think jo- oh no, Joey goes to the rec room and causes a big problem and infects O'Reilly. I thought there was a moment on the bridge first. Okay, maybe I'm, I'm mixing he said, up. O'Reilly Riley goes back up to the bridge after encountering Joey, who, is, who uh, has got a despair. Go. He's got a big space despair going on in the rec room. But yeah, so it's very clear something's wrong, and he goes to sick bay to get looked at further. And Riley, who's now infected, goes up to the bridge and starts eventually starts singing and demanding things. And just Ice cream. clearly... Yep, well, not clearly until he- is not... Eventually, he takes over the ship and demands ice cream. Yeah, but at the stage, he's clearly not feeling well, and he yeah. also gets ordered down to sick bay. Um, but that's but first, not where he goes. But first, he infects. Well, he does go to sick bay to infect Christine Chapel. But before any of that happens, he infects Sulu, who 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 really gets sweaty and really wants to go to the gym. Yeah. And yeah. Then- <laughs> it's a it's a weird episode. Um. I, I wouldn't be surprised if someone had been doing some acid when they were writing this. Like, it's a very weird episode. They, well, yeah, I don't know if they exactly act like they're on acid, but everyone is on drugs, basically. I mean, we're, <laughs> we're, time, we're approaching, yeah. basically, once O'Reilly starts going around and infecting Chapel, and Sulu is also running around naked, and sw- he's wearing pants, but Barely. topless and sweating. I always want to describe him as naked, because that's so much more fun. And it's called The Naked Time. Yeah. No, but he's running around, and... I think it was Spock With a starts sword. making the yeah Spock <laughs> make, starts making the educated and accurate assumption that these people are acting on their their base um, not needs but who they are at the core. So like Riley yes. is descended from Irish kings, and Sulu is clearly an 18th century uh, swashbuckler. French, French swashbuckler. Yeah, because Richelieu. <laughs> <laughs> and they just they just I'm I'm gonna say it badly on purpose because I can't my French accent is terrible. So okay. But, so they they are clearly something is very wrong with a lot of the crew and it's spreading like wildfire and they start trying to develop a cure for it and around here it starts really getting messy for me and what was happening okay because like you're cutting to like Sulu jumping out of a door swashbuckling yep. down the halls and chasing you're people to- around there's a guy screaming at a paintbrush. Exactly. There's there's the the stuff with Scotty trying to cut into a bulkhead to be able to try and reaccess the systems and get them away from Riley, yeah. who's singing and and yelling across everything and modulating the systems so that they can't turn him off as well, Uhura keeps getting like trying to do and oh, it's just a mess. So that's so O'Reilly is the big problem in this. Episode. Basically, he he you know tricks Scotty out of the the engine room. He yeah. goes in there. We don't find this out yet, but he turns off the engines because that's fun. And uh, that's, so that's why. So he's, he's on the intercom. He's Captain O'Reilly now. He's taking over the ship. He demands ice cream. He's singing folk songs. He's drunk as hell. And, that's, and so, yeah, Scotty is trying to car. Scotty spends a large portion of the remainder of the episode cutting a hole in the bulkhead so he can touch the wiring and they can run in and grab O'Reilly out of the engine room. Yeah. At which point they realize they have 19 minutes before they will all die. And the remainder of the episode has got to be at least 45 minutes long. <laughs> it sure feels like that. And yeah, like they're desperately... No one is in a rush ever after learning that they have 19 minutes left. Well, like, 
At one point, Kirk's like, we've got 12 minutes, Scotty. Hurry up, we need the engines back. And Scotty's like, well, it's going to take me a half hour. No, you, I can't do it any faster than that, so too bad. Right, like, so that's why Spock has to come in with the magic transfiguration potion that turns the ship on so fast it goes back in time. Yeah. Sorry, and, that's 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 what happens. <laughs> and then they travel back in time by three days, and the, sh- the ship has... Possibly blown up the planet, and the planet is rebuilding itself over the course of them backing through time by three days, and it's just—it's just weird. It really—it's really—it's a good episode. I like the episode up until about the midway point, like when when everyone's infected and they they're trying to get the ship back under control, and then it goes weird, and I'm lost. You know, like I loved it up until then. It does not land. Like that ending is. Very strange. Yeah. Like, I'd say the first half hour of it, solid, solid, like, seven to eight, you know what I mean? But, like, that last bit, just, what? It's so, it goes on for so long, like, yeah, at one point, yeah, so when Spock says, okay, now we have 12 minutes left, this is after they they, they catch Sulu, um, they figure out that everyone's drunk, uh, oh, Yo- Yeoman Rand and Christine Chapel are here, the, yeah. Uh, but uh, at 12 minutes uh, Chapel is trying to seduce Spock everyone is into Spock um, and Spock gets very emotional and yeah this is really what the the real yeah this is where I, it really when, started to go downhill when I really started to talk about how they're supposed to have 10-12 minutes left so Nurse Chapel, and this is the first time we've seen Nurse Chapel. We don't know her as a character at all, but we've seen a lot of people trying to flirt with Spock, which is really funny. And, uh, you know, Nurse Chapel, like before even Uhura in the modern, modern stuff, let's not talk about Strange New Worlds. (laughs) Yeah, please no. But, well, you don't, yeah, and you've not seen it yet, so I won't. Yeah, no, I I do know about them from the the remake movies with Chris Pine and and, uh, Zachary Kinto, but... Oh, is Chapel? Oh, Uhura. Not yeah, with who are not the okay. chapel, right? Um, but yeah, so after that, Spock like starts thinking about his human mother, which again, the last time in the last episode aired, we heard that he had a human ancestor. Now it's his mother, and he was never able to tell her that he loves her. And I swear to God, while we have ten minutes left until the destruction, we spend two of them watching Spock cry at a table next to a computer. Yeah, we, we watch him just... And, I mean, that that goes along with the disease, because, like, they do make it very clear that people who are infected just don't give a shit. Like, they don't That's care what's happening right. around them. Yeah. So, I mean, it's in line with that, but also, it feels like we, we as the audience, and I, 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 I'm, I'm, I don't mind the idea of them showing this. I think it's a good idea to show it. One, that it helps give a bit more Spock exposition. Two, it helps to show that as much as he is a Vulcan and cold and I'm feeling there are feelings under there and he just has a really tight leash on them all the time. But I, I don't feel that we needed that much of it. Yeah. Like, it felt like the scene just... It, it's, it's, a, it's a product of the era to a degree, right? Where we talked about this before, where um, shows from the 60s and 70s and 80s, they just have a very different like need when it comes to writing they they take longer in general they aren't written to the shorter attention spans maybe or whatever like modern television just has tighter writing 
in general. There's more happening more quickly. Just and a different I feel sense like that, of pacing. Yeah, and I feel like that really, really struck a chord with this episode, that the pacing for the time was probably fine, but for modern times, I feel it was just way too slow in a lot of ways. And that scene in particular really helps to do that. Like, oh, sure. I appreciate oh, us yeah. seeing this and seeing that humanity from him, but it went on for far too long. This is actually like a, a comedic trope nowadays that like someone says we have 15 minutes to live and then you spend 45 minutes watching all kinds of different characters doing stuff while becoming anxious. It's like, it's like a, just kind of a thing that happens now. Um, I frequently well, time it, them. It kind of doesn't because it's funny. Because it's yeah, something... I, I, I will time them when that comes up nowadays. I, I like to see if they actually do it in the time they say they're going to. There's a, you know, there's a very, a very famous example would be the Dragon Ball Z cartoon where, there, in fact, the very, the very most famous maybe example of it. At one point, a guy does a super attack that's supposed to destroy the planet they're standing on, and for the next like maybe four or five half hour long episodes. Everyone is still standing there on the planet going, the planet's about to explode. We're going to need to get out of here. It seriously goes on for like another month before the planet I've does eventually. I've heard of that. Yeah. Right, yeah. I've actually heard about that scene. So this well, is, that, this is that the hard. first time someone did that. <laughs> I don't know if it's the first time in television history, but no, it's but definitely, I mean, it's, yeah, it it's feels a whole like an early thing. example of it, yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I, I feel like Batman, the uh, Adam West Batman did that. Oh, more. I bet they've done that kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. Oh, man, maybe I should take a look at that monstrosity. Oh, if man. I'm, that... If I'm going to be looking at 1960s television. I, I'm not I'm not doing a second podcast about 1960s TV. There's that mm. one has a lot to talk about, though. I think you're going to enjoy it if you do watch it. It's it just you. It's a be, be ready for silly. It's so much more campy than this and takes itself not at all silly. Um yeah, sorry, not a little seriously. I mean, yeah, no, it was just, it was a weird episode overall. Like, yeah, the last I'd say the last the third of it, like weird. the last act, was really just almost nonsensical and in, in, expects a lot of inference from the audience. Yeah. So before it gets really weird. Kirk comes in, and at some point, someone has said, maybe even Kirk says, we have four minutes. And so he starts telling Spock, I think that he wishes the Enterprise would turn into a human woman and he could take her on a beach vacation. Is that what Kirk is saying? <laughs> or is he just speaking gibberish? He was looking at Rand and reaching out towards Rand and catching oh, himself. Before, I think he before that, before, when, he's in, when Spock's crying about his mom, Kirk oh, okay. is like, I want to, they call it, they call, he's talking about the starship. He's like, they call it a right, she. Right, right, right. Yeah, I yeah, wish yeah. I could go sit on her, sit on her, sit on a beach with her for a week and not have to be the captain. And like, are you saying yeah. you wish the ship was a girl? And then I when he's like when he's looking at Rand, he's like a human girl. Like he's confused about the idea of being in love with a girl and not a ship. Yeah, I feel like to a degree, some of that is is Gibberish. just the, the trope of a uh, ship's yeah, captain right. in love with their ship, right? Like that's, that, to, that is an old trope of, of seafaring shows even too, right? Married to outer space. Mar yeah, married to the job, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, I don't I don't know. The, I'm not, it, I was, it, I, at that point, I wasn't totally <laughs> paying I, I, attention yeah, to what he was saying. 
it, it was just at that, that point it started feeling really nonsensical in general but everyone then, was drunk and then it com- gets completely nonsensical well yeah and that's part of it is that i think as well as much as anything else they're trying to show just the the ship-wide descent into madness at that point right yeah I mean, we have that, and then we have Kirk getting his shirt ripped open because there's no other excuse for you know Bill Shatner to take his shirt off in this episode. What? How did it happen? Oh, uh, McCoy comes on. At some point, unbeknownst to us, McCoy has figured out some kind of hyperdermal spray. Yeah, he or... solves the he cures the disease. The ship's he still does. gonna crash. Yeah, so he shows up on the bridge and he rips Kirk's shirt open, stabs him with the hyperdermic. Oh. Get, like in the shoulder, and that's why he gets revealed. Re- re- okay. But access the skin because apparently you can't do it over the shirt, um, or in the neck instead. Yeah, it had sure, to be surely on. not in three thousand and thirty-five or wherever we're at. Twenty-four sixty-six. Okay. No, sorry, twenty-two sixty-six. I think it was. Oh, that's I, that's soon. I, yeah, I actually looked it up. Um, and now I can't. Yeah, twenty-two sixty-six. Um, but yeah, so he gives him the needle and. Kirk is is cured. He didn't cure everyone else with that, but then some. They have the engines falling, the sound over the speakers that is painful to everybody. And then yeah. they fix the ship up enough with the magical sorcery that is uh, the antimatter, I believe it was that they put into the engines. Yeah, that- some new primer mix of antimatter fuel that Spock has whipped up. Yeah, and Spock. Um, they don't have time to put it in there properly because it's going to take four minutes and they've got like 10 seconds. So they just punch it. And that's what kicks off the three days in behind. Yeah. It, it, and also, yeah. And I don't know exactly when Spock was cured, but it sure seems that when they come out of the time warp, everyone's fine, even though the only one who got the needle was Kirk. Yeah. Maybe they all got the needle off camera before Kirk was ushered in or something. But, uh, well, no, because Bones comes in to get... Well, anyway. Well, anyway. <laughs> they fly through a time warp. And is Sulu... Sulu's on the bridge, right? Is Sulu, like... Isn't he the one that observes... That the ship... The, that the, the time, the is, time is going backwards? I can't picture who the lo- who it was at the end of the show. Yeah, wow. I'm Yeah, bad job on... on well, on, on, yeah, on me, I'll say. Uh... On both of us, we'll all take I'll take credit for that too. I should have paid more attention there. I, I was just I didn't trying to make it Sulu make sense, you know. I, yeah, I don't even. Anyway, yeah. So they go no, back. No, but even even checking the summary and and walkthrough of what happened in the episode on Memory Alpha, the only one who actively gets the the cure is Kirk. Okay. Um. Yeah, that's what we saw. Yeah, <laughs> McCoy comes in, rips his shirt, gives him the antidote, and then he sits in the chair and he he mumbles something about. Um, a human and then girl. A, yeah. Yep. And then a cured Sulu was able to pilot the escape from orbit. Yeah. Okay. I and don't. There's... I don't remember seeing anyone else get stabbed with the, with the antidote in any way, shape, or form. But apparently, apparently, by curing Kirk, you cure the whole ship. And Sulu must have been cured at that point if he was even on the bridge. I mean, this man was running around covered in sweat, swinging swords. Well, that's, that's what it says on here that he was already cured and he's able okay. to. Uh, so. Yeah, so somewhere off screen, McCoy cured everyone. Yeah. <laughs> and in order to escape the gravity of the planet, we need to use a special intermix formula with black matter, antimatter, to be sent back in time through day. I just, I mean, I know I've said that about five or more times, but I just, 
there's no there's there is no point ultimately to the fact that they went back in time three three days. It's almost like well they can say well we didn't really get drunk and act like baboons. Yeah, this clearly we never back happened. In time. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. really change or solve anything else. And then the credits roll. I feel like that might have just been to prime the audience for oh, time that, travel in this, this season. Might, this thing may occur. We might be doing time work. Yeah, like. Taking it outside of the context of this specific episode, it feels like a good a good moment for them to just be like, hey, so, you know, we're doing sci-fi and time travel's a thing. Like, it feels like it might be a literary thing in that respect. Yeah, they might just discover time travel in the end of this episode. Um, as a quick heads up, glancing through, it looks like um, when they were talking about the balance for the antimatter-matter implosion, yes. uh, that's around where McCoy discovers the cure for the affliction and gives it to Sulu right away. Oh, okay. I um I was also quite surprised when after the time warping event occurs, um someone says or this might even be before they actually go into the time warp, someone says the engines imploded, which I guess was good. Like uh Spock wanted to cause an implosion, but to me, it looks saying, like it's, con- it's related to that matter antibatter thing. It's a controlled implosion. Okay, but as when some during the engines, Kirk says what happened, and someone says the engines imploded, and I said what? Yeah, both of us were confused <laughs> by that. I think- That's at that point we rewound to watch. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think I think what's happened here is when it got wild, there was a lot of cuts to different things happening, and I think we just might have missed one or two of them. Um, when I'm reading the synopsis they've got here, it looks like around the switch between Act 3 and 4 is when a few of the items that we got confused by actually happened. So we just probably just missed them all together. Okay. I'm willing to take that. You know what? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm down. You know what? Like, I, I'm not, I'm not going to pretend that I watch every second of it 100% with my eyes open and, in like, get everything in. I miss stuff. I'm human. So. I'm not Data. <laughs> Good. Yeah, but no, it's it's. You're not expected to have <laughs> perfect recall. Whatever happened, whatever we got, whatever we missed, must have happened really quick. Well, that's what I'm thinking. It looks like it might have been two very quick back to backs with the because it looks like it's like it's in the same. It's literally two sentences on here. It's a cold restart with a controlled matter antimatter implosion in balanced engines is possible, but requires Spock's attention. Meanwhile, yeah. McCoy has discovered a cure for the affliction after administering it to Sulu. Like, it's... That's the, ex- the extent of what they say. So I think it was just two very quick... Quick flashes. That, and yeah. we just missed them, yeah. In between a 20-minute scene of Spock at a table with his head in his hands, weeping. Yeah. It that's, is what, <laughs> that's what made an impression on me. Yeah, no, it looks like that all happened after Riley gets taken away by security. Um, and after we've discovered that the engines are shut down properly. Boy, O'Reilly was really having a blast. Yeah, no, he, Riley was having a great time. He should not have turned off the engines, but everyone should have gotten ice cream. Man, now I want ice cream. I don't have any. We do, but it's... Oh, I do have ice cream I like. I, I have ice cream you. I like. All right. All right, so yeah, that was that was the episode. Um, Five. You know what? <laughs> yeah. I I actually I really do agree. I don't I 
It's not the worst thing I've ever seen, but I feel zero compunction to watch it again. Um, the only thing from this episode that really will stick with me from before and now is just Sulu without a shirt running yeah. around with a sword. That is and literally the part of this episode that's going to stick with me forever. The rest of it is just in my head a gobbled mess of what the fuck. An unbelievably iconic image. The most iconic image. I'm going to ask my Discord both questions. Uh, the silly one and the, the actual one? Yeah. Okay. I might answer in Discord then with the uh, silly one, but I'm, I'm only really... The one that matters really is the GIF one, in my opinion. And I gotta... Yeah, and I'll be asking... I'll be asking this... The GIF one is the main one. Yeah. But someone honestly, might have an answer for the silly one. And honestly, if people are listening to us and they want to get in on these weekly questions, they just need to join your Discord. Yeah, I do. Um, yeah, I do mention that. Yeah. Because this one, I'll, now. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I'll be asking these. So I'll be asking this question at the end of the episode that I'm uh, going to be editing next, which is where no man has gone before. So, yeah, uh, okay. that's we, we kind of talked already about me not getting confused about what order things are in, but uh, <laughs> so basically, by the time we get to this point of this podcast, I'll be about to read the answers to if you became an instantly recognizable gift, what would you be doing? And also, the silly question, which is. Uh, what type of weapon were you wielding that time that you got drunk and naked and ran around the spaceship wielding a weapon? If if this was a possibility. Um, <laughs> and you know what? If this was a possibility and this was a real thing, actually, uh, I've talked about this with, with Sean in the past, too. If I was in Star Trek, I'd probably be in sciences or medical. So my ah. entire weapon would be something sciencey or medical, like a, hyper, uh, a hypo spray or... Um, like a tricorder or something, you know what I mean? Man, these guys didn't even have hypo sprays yet. These guys were using straight up syringes. Yep. No. Well, we ha we saw there was actually open cavity sur uh, med medical. Oh yeah, surgery. yeah. Spot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. By the way, Joey dies. Yeah. Joey just did not have the. In fact, like really, the beginning of this episode. Yeah. McCoy says he just didn't want to live, and he was just. The beginning of this episode, when Joey, the first one, starts getting sick, he's saying, like, what are we doing out here in space? Yeah. Do you realize we're in space? It's actually, that's kind of, like, good and scary. Yeah, no, the the first two-thirds of the episode were excellent. Like, I was really, I, I was really solidly enjoying it. If the last, like, third of it was, you know, yeah. more cohesive and more... Like less, I don't know, just less weird. They should just. This would definitely have gotten a higher rating for me. I just, I did not enjoy the ending of this at all. I think it's funny that you had to point it out to me, but it's obviously part of the point is that they know they have like four minutes and they're dicking around because that's what happened to the guys that froze to death. So, and the plastic woman. Oh man, that so mannequin. I get it, but that, but that trope just doesn't work with me. It's like when someone's like. Especially when someone like is gonna be underwater, and you're like, that guy's got a minute to live, and then you see like 15 other things happen while it keeps 
cutting to the guy thrashing around underwater, you know, just, yeah, it just, it's like, I can tell that they're trying to trick me into having anxiety. <laughs> yeah. And no, it, like overall decent, decent premise of an episode. I just, it wasn't executed as well as it could have been. I think, um, I appreciate that we got to see, you know, Major Barrett in, in the oh, yeah. most, like her most iconic yeah. role. I don't think we um, even mentioned, I, I said, you mentioned Christine the chapel, was Chap- in it. chapel many times, but I did not mention. Yeah, as we, yeah. yeah, as we've said in previous episodes, she is played by Michelle Barrett, and it's it's good to see her Living. in the in the iconic role that gave her, like you know, her her springboard into future Star Treks. Because without this, I don't think she would have been the computer. I don't think she would have been Luxana Troy. This was this was good. I'm glad to have seen her. Awesome. Um, awesome we still see haven't her. seen Chekhov. Yeah, I really don't. Did we find out that he is in season one? I almost would. I would almost guess he might not even be in season one. I don't know when he is. I'd have yeah, to go look it up. And it I'm takes, not doing it, it takes well, a while. Yeah, we don't need to do it right now. Yeah, I know. I know. No, he's he's the only one of the main cast at this point that we haven't run into. Yep. At I all. mean, this was a big Scotty episode, as a matter of fact. Yeah. No, him and Sulu both yeah. got a lot of screen time. This actually, honestly, this really felt like a B cast episode a lot more than anything else. I mean, like, don't get me wrong, Kirk's there and so is Spock and McCoy. Yeah, but, but, but less, there's a lot more focus on Uhura yeah. and on uh, Rand and uh, Chapel and and Sulu and Scotty. Like a lot of the B yeah. uh, characters got their time in the sh- in, in the time in the light. You know what I mean? Yeah, and stuff going on all over the ship and yeah. Yeah, and, Just and really looking at different characters and what they're doing. Yeah, no, it had a lot of it had a lot of positives about it. Again, I just think it was just execution was a miss for me. You know what I mean? Yeah, the pacing and the weird ending. I, I, yeah. How often it's it's not well, it's not too common for me to go to to say out loud what and then yeah. rewind a TV show. So and like <laughs> I would not. I, I when we're watching stuff together because you know we watch stuff together all the time outside yeah. of this as well. I I don't think we've ever ever actually done that before where we've stopped something and rewound it without it being a hey can you pause this i gotta go take a call and then back it up to be able to be before we left off like that's the only time we've ever backed up this is i don't think we've ever had to back up because i don't understand what just happened and your explanation or my explanation is still not clear enough for it to make sense i guess i guess the engines imploded mean meant something different in 1966 (laughs) (laughs) because <laughs> that i think that means the engines are gone oh just, and i i get that it's the the implosion is what they were looking right, for they to were make trying the to, work, yeah. but like no you tell me that the the engines implode or explode anything with a plode i'm thinking you no longer yeah. have that thing disaster yeah yeah but anyways yeah. I think I think that's all I've really got to say on this. It, it was it was a time. It was a trip. I'm it I'm is... glad we watched it and I don't feel the need to go back. It was a time, huh? It was a time. It was a, it was a thing. A naked time. <laughs> yes. Th- thank you so much. Oh no, thank you as always. Yeah. Awesome. I'm, I'm I'm loving it. We're five episodes in. Next next episode is the enemy within and your little unicorn dog, so I'm excited. I can't wait for the little dog. There's not. The, it's not often that you get a little dog on Star Trek. There's a couple. It is, and it is really like it's a lap dog. It's a hundred percent just a, a tiny little thing. It's a good little dog. Yeah, it really. It is, is. so cute. Oh my gosh, <laughs> unicorn dog. <laughs> All right. All right. Um. All right. Thank you for listening to the least ready room. And speaking of that little unicorn dog. 
Uh, this week's upcoming question of the week is, if you could have a pet from Star Trek, what type of pet would you like? And uh, I suppose it could also even be an animal that is a character, because we've, we've, we've discussed this a little bit. The way the I don't need to describe the schedule at which we record and I edit these, but yeah, we've already recorded the next episode in which we talk about. Well, actually, you've heard us talk about Spot already. Was that even was that in this episode or maybe even the previous one? We've been we already talked about pets. We already talked about Spot. It can be Spot. I mean, Spot's great. Does anyone else have a cat on Star Trek? Any other cats on Star Trek? Anyway, the upcoming question of the week is if you could have a pet from Star Trek, what would you like? The Star Trek pet shop is opening. I'm here to sell you Tribbles and Targs? Are they called Targs? Anyway, let's talk about the question of the week from last week, this week, this episode, which is about... You know, it was the question. There were two. Question number one. The real question is... If uh, if an animated GIF of you was to become an instantly recognizable uh, internet meme, what would you be doing? Oh, should I do these? Let's try to do them in order because there are two. There are okay. Anyway, that first question, Locke replied. What would I like to be recognized for, or what would I actually be recognized for? It, important discretion. Uh, the former may be kneeling down to pet a cat with the meme text, There's always time for you. But if the latter, I'd be putting on a nondescript hat and sunglasses and climbing into a big cardboard box saying, Perfect, I'll be safe in here. Saint had no idea, and Locke said, I can easily imagine a meme gif of you standing over a Mass Effect-style galaxy map, maybe with steepled fingers nodding sagely. Uh, Pete said, I'm going to have to go with this one, which is a picture of him with uh, a finger in his mouth, Dr. Evil-style, holding a, a very comical sign that looks like it's made with uh, golden glitter. Not professionally crafted. A handcrafted protest sign with golden glitter that says, Fuck you. Fuck you. I'm so beautiful. And he also said he would choose one for me, which is a picture he took of me recently holding a gold and black 3D printed skull giving real Death Stranding vibes. The skull is anyway. I'm doing like the Hamlet thing. Is that Hamlet? Alas, pure, pure Yorick. I'm doing a Shakespeare thing. Okay, so Weebs says, The question sounds like, if you wanted to go viral, what would it be for? But the nature of virality these days is pretty much either going full cheese dick and trying to get TikTok clout by harassing people at Walmart, or being caught doing something wholesome or interesting that you would generally normally be doing. Since I'm not that kind of cheese dick, and there is nothing wholesome or interesting about what I do, then I would attack my coworkers by throwing bits of brain at them out of the cracked skull 
of this one dude. I'd love to be dead. Wow. Uh, and then he says, just kidding, FBI. Uh, <laughs> well, he sort of mixed in. <laughs> he sort of mixed in the answer to the second question. I didn't expect when I started reading that I did not know where we were going. So anyway, the second question is that time that you got drunk and naked and attacked your coworkers, what weapon were you using? A foolish princess repi- replied sarcasm. Um <laughs> uh, Pete says the weapon was crushed bacon covered potato skins. Locke says, for this one, in my case, it was a mimetic cognito hazard. <laughs> a mimetic cognito hazard. Uh, I won't mention what it was, although he does specify. Um, other than that, yeah. Those are our answers, it looks like. Um, Yes, the question of the week next week is what kind of Star Trek pet would you like to have? And, uh, yeah, next week we will be... Saint will be joining us for the full breakdown of... (laughs) Is it called The Evil Within? The one with the unicorn dog. Thank you so much. This has been The Least Ready Room. We should have some kind of sign-off. We've talked about... Did we talk about some kind of end of the show? We've been talking a little bit about the kind of scripted stuff that... Anyway, goodbye. Was it like when I was on crutches, would people look at my butt? Were my pants always no, coming down? I don't know. You just got really, for like two years. For a while, really, it was a thing. It was, yeah. It was a big thing. And like, every time you joke about it, like, oh, I can see your butt. You'd be like, don't look at my butt. For like I two feel like straight my, years. I feel like my pants came down one day. <laughs> that might have been the beginning of it. I don't know. I didn't, see, like, I didn't see the instigating. It just happened one day that you were really worried about people looking at your butt. I feel like it was when I was on crutches because I would like kind of have to like wobble and steady myself and like, like, you know, hop away. And it was like where the camera was and my chair was and the bathroom was just directly behind me. So it was like unavoidable that my butt would be bouncing along. <laughs>